Welcome to the Poetry Podcast with Magnus Basharat from the Journal of a Disappointed Man by Andrew Motion. From the Journal of a Disappointed Man should be read as a journal or diary entry. It's observational, in many ways deliberately unpoetic, because of its ruminative and conversational tone. And whilst the scene is described in detail, it isn't remarkable. But it has arrested the narrator and captured his attention. From the journal means that the poem is read as an extract, perhaps one of many other daily scenes described. The poem begins, I discovered. But it isn't a discovery in the sense that something hitherto unknown or unseen has been found. Using discovered, a grandiose word for noticing some construction work, no matter how extensive, lends the narrator greater status as an observer of life. The men, rather than some men, or even just men, elevate something ordinary into the noteworthy, as though no other passerby has noticed what the narrator has noticed. The pier itself isn't described. All the attention is focused on the workmen, their task, and the narrator's reaction. Chains, pulleys, cranes, ropes shows the impressive specialism of the undertaking, as paraphernalia here means all the equipment needed for this particular job. As I said at the end of the third line, reinforces the conversational storytelling nature of the poem. And a wooden pile, a massive affair, shows that it's the scale of the enterprise that has captured the narrator's attention. Swinging is left hanging at the end of the stanza, like the pile dangling at the end of a hawser swung by a crane. Massive is repeated to emphasise that the scale of machinery and men is what has captured the imagination of the narrator. Very powerful men, very ruminative and silent men ignoring me, shows how the size and strength of the men working is also massive, but there is a distance established between the workers and the observing poet. Ignoring suggests that they have decided not to communicate. Did he try to engage them in conversation and was rebuffed? Or are they simply concentrating on the task? The challenge of sighting the pile in its new position is apparently done silently, other than the monosyllables they use to communicate with each other. The narrator seems surprised by the limited range of words used, and if they talked at all, implies that the narrator feels that silence should be the exception and speaking the norm. By paying close attention to the obscure movements of one working on a ladder, the narrator makes himself sound like a zoologist or anthropologist, with obscure denoting the movements as unnatural or eccentric. This has the effect of increasing the separation between the narrator and the workman, as if they are from different species. 
the narrator seems to announce as a particular discovery that, for all their strength and experience, these men were up against a great difficulty. And the full stop at the end of the line gives the observation finality and clarity, as though it was the conclusion to painstaking study. After the use of enjambement in the poem to capture the movement and activity of the building site, the action of the poem hits the buffers with the short statement that begins the fifth stanza, I cannot say what. Bathos here undermines the sententious build-up to the revelation of what is causing the great difficulty that we might be expecting. The workmen have now become monsters, and every one of the monsters dehumanises them as a tribe of giants who seem not to have the language to describe what they are doing. The narrator assumes they are all baffled, but realises that the whole gang feels indifferent and tired. Indifferent in this context means having no particular interest in what they are doing. They feel no emotional investment at all. So tired, repeated straight away, suggests not only a physical fatigue, but also a resignation over thinking about the problem and how to fix it. The narrator describes the man nearest to me, still saying nothing, but crossing his strong arms over his chest, an easily recognised sign of being fed up with something and signalling that you've had enough. The use of strong arms continues the theme of how the massive and monstrous size of the men exerts a particular power over the narrator, as even in defeat the man's arms look impressively strong. The crossed arms are read by the narrator as a sign that, for all he cared, the pile could go on swinging until the crack of doom. Again, there is an anthropological interpretation of this body language that elevates the defeated workman to something more significant than just a worker fed up with his job. The narrator watches them at least an hour and describes their efforts to solve the problem which slackened and finally ceased. So the disengagement from their job and original purpose becomes complete. The enjambement that follows recalls the urgency and purpose shown at the outset of the poem, and the men are still described as massive, so their defeat has done nothing to diminish the admiration the narrator feels for their strength and power. However blunted that strength has now become, as the pile remains unfixed. Gaze down like a mystic into the water shows the men initially doing something with a purpose, looking into the water to see where the problem might lie, and although gaze implies wonderment and awe, here it evokes a meaningless stare. No one spoke, no one said what they saw, recalls the negative assertion of I cannot say what, and reinforces the disengaged silence. They could all be silent because they don't know still where the problem lies, or because they don't care enough to articulate what they can see. The lack of punctuation at the end of the lines in stanza 9 helps us imagine the gob of spit dropping into the water, but describing the water the spit lands in as the same depths introduces an air of mystery, as though the problem might be too deep ever to be seen and solved.
The narrator describes the foreman as the most original thinker, even though no speech has been heard or relayed to us. But his act of smoking a cigarette doesn't just relieve his own tension felt at being frustrated in this task, but it seems to relieve the tension from the whole scene. To walk away with a kind of majesty, invest this straightforward act, to turn and walk away from a job which is not complete, with a significance and meaning. Kings and queens are invested with majesty, so to invest the foreman with majesty seems hyperbolic. But in keeping with the narrator's tendency to justify his long observance of this work by interpreting all actions as significant and meaningful. As the men drift away, the narrator writes that the incident was suddenly closed, as though drawing a formal end to an inquiry or examination of a potential crime scene. The men don't seem confident that the work is no longer their responsibility but their confidence to abandon the scene grows as they see their workmates drift off, and soon, all together, the men followed. Recalling the end of stanza one, with the pile swinging in mid-air, the penultimate line of the poem is left open and dangling. That left the pile still in mid-air, where it has been throughout the poem and where it remains unmoved at its conclusion. And the narrator is left alone, describing the lonely scene. His isolation from the other men in the scene, which seems to be part of his isolation from men in general. He is a disappointed man because the pile isn't fitted and the job left incomplete. But he also seems like a man generally disappointed with life. The futility of the task not done, even though it has kept him watching, seems to indicate a greater, more profound futility. The pier, stretching into water but leading nowhere and not even complete, seems to signify this. Thank you for listening to the Poetry Podcast. More podcast episodes in the series are available from Apple Podcasts, Spotify or whichever podcast player you use. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch and we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now. (laughs) 